If you're a real estate agent and you're tired of cold calling, door knocking, and spending money on ads, then subscribe to this podcast. We discuss leveraging the power of YouTube for your real estate business and how these strategies earned us over $1 million in GCI our first year in real estate. My name is Levi Lassick and my partner is Travis Plum. Let's get started. So welcome uh, to The Real Agents. And this is something that, this is today the the test run of what we're doing on the live stream. So, you know, we've been hosting live weekly rooms on, on po- or uh, podcast, and say on podcast, on uh, what? Clubhouse, Clubhouse. You see, uh, maybe I'm not cut out for this live thing, no. Uh, Clubhouse. So we've been hosting weekly live rooms on Clubhouse. However, we're thinking about consolidating that to this so we can get uh, some more face-to-face interaction and also, you know, uh, reach a little bit more of the audience. So if you're watching online right now or if you're back in the the waiting room, I see you, Lori and Bill. I'm going to bring you up here in a minute. We can open up the discussion, but I want to get into the main topic uh, offhand first of all. So the first thing, uh, what we wanted to discuss today was, you know, attraction versus a pursuit-based marketing. And, you know, here's the problem. Problem. Uh, I've been in pursuit-based sales pretty much my entire life, or at least my working career. Not my entire life, but my my working career. The problem with that is that I mean, this is the whole reason why uh, sales training, sales books, sales material, sales conferences. You know, becoming a good sales p- person. Why all that training exists is because usually you're in a pursuit-based format where you're uh, reaching out, you know, you're outbound, you're going after clients, you're pursuing them one way or another. So for me, uh, whenever I, well, actually I started out sales in a health club, right, with with my good friend Michael Reese. I've known Michael Reese for quite a long time, well over 20 years. We actually started out selling gym memberships. Well, all we did all day for 12 hours a day almost, pretty much, yeah, 10 to 12 hours a day, was we made phone calls. The whole goal was to get five appointments the next day. That was it. So you could literally make 10 hours of phone calls just to try to get five appointments. And that means five appointments of people that committed to you to come in to tour the gym the very next day. And if you got them in the gym, then you're very likely to sell them a membership. Now, Now, I uh, took a little hiatus. I was still in the reserves at the time, got deployed uh, to Iraq, so I was gone for 18 months. Whenever I came back, uh, I initially got into cell phones for a brief time period. I actually sold, yes, cell phones at Costco. So if you've ever been in Costco and you see that cool little cell phone booth, actually, it's really cool now. Whenever I was doing that back in 2006, (laughs) it was not that cool. It was just like a little a little hub, right? We had a couple of different phones, but nobody goes to Costco necessarily to buy cell phones, right? That's usually the last place they go to do that. So I was always in pursuit. I was always um, outbound. People walking by, I had to think of creative ways to interrupt them, to get them to stop, to get them to actually talk to me, and then even consider the possibility of maybe upgrading or buying a cell phone whenever they're there to buy groceries and lawn chairs and whatever else you get at Costco. So uh, it was funny. We used to offer rebates, and one of my one of my things was I would always say to get people to stop was, hey, can I uh, pay for $50 worth of your groceries today? So the cell phones had it like a $50 rebate or whatever the rebate was at the time. I would use that to say, hey, can I pay for $50 of your groceries today? And that would get people to stop. And then you'd be like, well, what are you talking about? So that was a creative way to do that. But at the same time, I had to talk to 100 or 150, who knows, maybe 200 people a day sometimes just casting my line, right? Continually casting my line, hoping that I would get you know a couple of people to stop. And then out of that couple of people, 
I could actually sell them a cell phone. Now from there, I got promoted, or not promoted, but recruited into a pharmaceutical company. So from the pharmaceutical company, that's where, uh, again, got trained up. We had to go out and visit doctors. We had to take information, go knock, basically cold call, door knock on doctor's offices because they would give you a list of that doctor, of all the doctors you're supposed to see that they're most likely to prescribe the medication that you have to offer. So what did I have to do? I had to go knock on the doors. Now, visiting doctors from a pharmaceutical standpoint point is is a regular part of the business so even though uh, however you still had to get past gatekeepers had to figure out times that that doctor was going to be in the office sometimes they would only see reps in a certain window and if it was a very popular doctor that saw a lot of patients you, if you didn't get there 30 minutes early there'd be eight reps ahead of you and so you had to be very uh, you had to be you know you had to schedule that accordingly and map that all out and try to you know work your way into all these different doctors offices get past the gatekeepers you know host lunch do it was always pursuit and then you had to try to educate a doctor think about that you just went through a few weeks of training and and the doctor is uh, gone through years and years and years and years of schooling and there i am to educate them on a medication so you had to break down those barriers on top of that you had to develop relationships with them you had to build rapport right Right? You had to establish credibility. All that was very important because uh, for a doctor who's been in, in school basically their entire life, once they've gotten out of high school, uh, you know, to go to that you know, or to train in that specific uh, profession that they're in, they, you know, they're very proud of that. And then here I am, some 20 year old person that just went to uh, a few weeks of pharmaceutical training, right? Now I'm going to tell them all about everything that this medication can do for them and their patients. And they're like, well, I can just read the literature, right? I don't need you. So you had to overcome those barriers. You had to build the relationships, establish rapport, uh, have some credibility one way or another. And so all that takes time. It's pursuit-based marketing, right? Pursuit-based sales. So we're always going after people. And that was, you know, challenging. Now from there, uh, when, you know, for those that do know my story, I got uh, extremely ill at that point because of uh, a, di a digestive disease I brought home from Iraq. But um, you know, that took me out for several months. Well, that's whenever I actually started my, my business, my financial services business. And now we ended up getting contracts with the Dallas ISD. So I was working with teachers on retirement planning. But what was I doing again? I was in pursuit, right? Because I had to uh, market and reach out to teachers. First of all, 90% of them didn't even know their full retirement options or what they could contribute to or how they even, you know, how did their retirement system work and what could they do in addition to that and where were they going to end up at the end of their career. So, you know, that was, again, had to reach out to them. Um, we would reach out to 100, 100 a day to try to get two or three appointments a day. That was the whole goal is I was trying to get three to five appointments every single day so I could go to these classrooms, meet with teachers, have a, a few minutes with them, and then hopefully get two to three policies out of the three to five people that I would see on, on helping them with their retirement accounts. Very lucrative, um, worked out very well because it, once you become an approved vendor for Dallas ISD, you know, there's 25,000 employees inside of Dallas ISD. So, you, be, you know, you have a captive market. That's a great thing. But still, you have to market to them. You have to 
you know, go after them. And then they're going, who is this person about to, I'm about to meet for the first time. And then all of a sudden you're going to ask me to, you know, spend money with you, give you my retirement funds, tell you about my income and my bank accounts and everything else that goes along with that. You had to have very intimate conversations with people in a very short time frame. So, you know, you, again, you had to establish rapport, build your credibility, you know, develop a relationship with them. And then you're asking for the business in that first meeting. Now, I got business all the time. Guess what? I sold memberships, uh, a lot of gym memberships. I sold a lot of cell phones at Costco. I uh, sold a lot of medications out in the pharmaceutical world. And I sold a lot of retirement plans uh, to uh, teachers. And so each one of those businesses, though, is I had to go through the numbers. I had to pursue. I had to go after people on a consistent constant basis. And I had to talk to a hundred people to try to get 10 to actually have a conversation with me to hopefully, hopefully get one or two deals a day, really in any, in any of the industries. That's what it boiled down to. So that's one of the big reasons why sales is such a high turnover because first of all, it's hard, it's difficult. It's not easy to do that. So for people to do that, you have to have a lot of tenacity. You have to uh, overcome objections. You have to be able to take rejection. It is a rejection-based business, right? Uh, you hear all the all the motivational speakers, all the sales trainers. They will tell you, you know, every no gets you closer to a yes. Well, those ten no's you have to get through uh, to get one yes. Sometimes even more than that is very painful sometimes. And so, uh, and a lot of people don't like that. You know, a lot of people want to follow the path of least resistance. They don't want to be rejected, even though it's not personal. It's not something you did or anything that you did wrong. It's just for the fact that those people are not in the market at that time for your product or service. So that goes into what we actually discussed two days ago on our live training was interruption versus intention-based marketing. So when you're interrupting people, and I interrupted people every day to call them to see if they would come in and tour a gym, right? I uh, interrupted people shopping at Costco to see if they might buy a cell phone. I interrupted doctors to see if they might listen to me for two minutes talk about a certain medication. And then I would interrupt teachers during their day and I always met with them during their off period. So think about that. I would go to these schools and here's the, the teachers have one hour of off period. They've been dealing with crazy kids every single day. And then there I am, you know, trying to sell them something. Now I wasn't trying to sell them something. I was trying to help them plan for their future. But when you break it down, I am asking for business, right? I'm asking them to trust me. I'm asking them to invest with me. I mean, that was a big deal and a lot to do inside of, you know, one meeting, one face-to-face -face meeting. So all of that to say is that I love sales, but I hated prospecting, which is what that all boils down to. I hated that, that part of it. And I, I want to say hate. I just want to say I strongly disliked. I turned it into a game a lot of times. I tried to have as much fun with it as possible. But in the end, it's, it is a lot of rejection to just get to some yeses here and there. So so that's the hard part. That's the, the difficulty of pursuit-based marketing, uh, pursuit-based sales. Now, when we flip the switch on that, and this is something that uh, I, I've talked about previously, is that, you know, 
I had to ask myself before moving into real estate, I had to ask myself, and, and one of the reasons I, I took so long to get into real estate or to become a real estate agent. Now I had done, I've done fix and flips, uh, rental properties, Airbnb, you know, but I was that part-time investor. I did maybe one or two fix or flips per year. I had seven rentals at one time. I still have Airbnb. I, I do love Airbnb, but that's still uh, high turnover. I mean, a lot of uh, goes into that, right? People coming and going all the time. But the thing is, is so I had experience. I never wanted to be a real estate agent respectfully. Now, the reason being is because I have a lot of successful real estate agent friends and I know how hard they worked in the first two, three, four years of their business to establish their brand, to establish their business, to, you know, build up that rapport, that credibility. Why? Because when in real estate, that's typically how we learn to get into real estate is pursuit-based sales, pursuit-based marketing. It is the cold calling, the door knocking, postcards, magazine ads. That costs money, but if you want to do the things that are that don't cost money, they, they take your time. That is the cold calling, the door knocking, calling FISBOs, calling expireds, you know, working your sphere of influence. Doesn't cost you anything, but that takes a lot of time. Now, a lot of agents are willing to do that because they have more time in the beginning than they do money, but these are just things to keep in mind. So whenever I was making that transition over 2020, uh, because my financial services business shut down with the with uh, during 2020 when all the schools shut down and I didn't see it end in sight, I was like, well, if I'm going to make the transition, this is the time to do it. But how do I approach this as a business owner? How do I attract business? What I realized was whenever I got out of uh, whenever I got uh, out of selling gym memberships or cell phones or pharmaceuticals or financial services, there was nothing there. You know, all the different outside forces affected my business, stopped me cold in my tracks, and I didn't have anything to show for it. You know, it's like if I stopped working, even though uh, it was my own business, the income would stop. Or if I stepped away or, or moved into another company, my income stopped. You know, there was nothing left over. And why is that? It's because I was the focal point of my business. Everything was dependent upon me. And that's not the best way to run a business. Maybe it is in the beginning when you have to bootstrap and you have to save money and you have to figure out how everything works. But as soon as you can scale, as soon as you can start adding people into the mix, that's what you want to start to focus on. But now, um, these are the questions that I ask myself. If I'm going to move into real estate, how do I attract business? How do I bring it to me? How do I get people to want to work with myself? Because what am I, I'm competing with everybody in Dallas. I'm in Dallas, Texas, one of the biggest markets in the country for real estate. There's established brands and brokerages and people that have been doing this for decades. And I'm just supposed to walk in and send out some postcards and attract some business? Not likely. So I knew I needed to think differently. I needed to uh, pursue a, a different avenue and I wanted to attract business. I knew that would be through social media if I wanted to do it at the least amount of money as well uh, because when I started out I didn't have a budget so or I mean I just didn't want to spend on a budget because I know you could drop three thousand dollars on postcards not going to get you anywhere likely in the beginning. You have to be consistent on spending that money. So I just thought differently. I had to ask myself different questions. What was the problem with my myself and my businesses before? How did I? Uh, how do I change that? How do I attract business? How can I put myself in a position to scale and move forward from there? So that's what got me into thinking. Okay, social media is is the best way to do that, and the quickest way to do that if you do it correctly. And so therefore, I looked at Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. 
none of them really set well with me. That's where everybody was talking about, especially in 2020, they were definitely talking about uh, TikTok because almost every real estate agent was waking up with 10,000 followers at the time. But again, I, and I know agents that do very, very well on TikTok. It wasn't for me whenever I looked into it and I dug into it a little bit more and I thought, uh, not really fitting my personality and I didn't see a, a path, I didn't see a plan that I could implement there, but YouTube was my last choice. So once I started to dig into YouTube and research YouTube, then I started to learn and understand more about the platform. And this is very key is if you want to be successful on any of the platforms, you have to understand these platforms from a producer side versus a consumer side. Now, what I love about YouTube is YouTube is not a social media platform. YouTube is a search engine. So therefore, that's why I was able to understand once I started to dig in a lot more and plan accordingly that, okay, I think I see something here. I think I see... Uh, a way I can build up a, a plan, a business plan, actually create content that can likely attract the people I want to work with. And so that's where I started to, you know, build out that, that plan. And I actually made a business plan. Ask yourself, uh, before you've launched on any social media platform, did you actually make a plan? Did you put together a business plan? If you treat these platforms like a hobby, they will pay you like a hobby. If you treat them like a business, they can pay you like a business. So I understood that I needed a, a business plan. I wanted to understand it from the producer side and I wanted to build that out so I didn't question what I was going to be doing next. And so I laid all of that out. Now here's the great thing to going into attraction-based marketing is once I did that, and that whole story is definitely uh, you know, video content for another day, but once I was able to do that, you know, the videos, number one, scale yourself. And I talked about how do I, how do I not make myself, even though I am the focal point of the business or one of the focal points, how do I position myself to be able to remove myself? Well, video, first of all, key. All video is, is communication and sales at scale. So I've been selling for 20 years. The problem with me though, is I was selling to individuals. I was telling my story or telling, uh, you know, helping them understand the, the benefits and the features of these product and services one-to-one. -one. Every time the day ended, my conversations ended with those clients. Nobody, uh, I couldn't scale past that. So every time I left, turned off the lights and went home for the day, that was it. I was starting over every single day. So that's not scalable. So video allows you to scale yourself. All I do now is exactly what I'm doing now is, is talking to the camera. The camera is now my client. The camera is my customer. The camera is, um, you know, the person that I'm, I'm trying to get my message across. And the great thing about that video is that it's going to go on somewhere, some type of platform, somewhere where they can find it, and it's going to live forever. And then I'm going to make a second and a third and a fourth and a fifth video, and all of that's gonna build up. So whenever somebody finds that content for the first time, they're gonna have more options as you grow your library of content. They're going to have more options for you to be able to watch or for them to be able to watch. And what happens whenever people watch people over and over again? they start to develop a relationship with them. They start to build rapport. They start to see things in that person that are kind of like themselves. They, they, they look forward to seeing their next video. And we've all done this with every single TV show that we watch the entire series. Doesn't matter if it's uh, simple as Seinfeld or Game of Thrones. If you watch Game of Thrones, you probably identify with one of those characters. You're probably like, oh, I'm like that guy or that. 
believe it or not, I've never seen Game of Thrones. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but uh, one of these days, I'll get around to watch it. Uh, Seinfeld, I've seen episodes here or there. But the thing is, is that Friends, the re whole reason there's six Friends on Friends is because they know that it covers pretty much every personality. And if you ever were a fan of that show, and your friends were fan of, fans of that show, you probably said, oh, you're like Ross, and you're like Rachel, and I'm like Joey. And you know, you start to identify, you start to really uh, admire, and also sometimes not admire qualities in certain people. Maybe you watch a show and there's one character you really can't stand. Well, if you had your choice, maybe it's the real estate shows. Think about this. Most real estate agents watch all the real estate shows. Not most of them, some of them and they probably identify with one of those real estate agents. There's probably a real estate agent on one of those shows, even though you watch that show, you don't like that real estate agent. You're like, oh, something about that person I really don't like. But that's okay, because if you had a choice to work with one of those agents, whether it's uh, you know coming from a million dollar listing or fixer flop or selling sunset even, or maybe that's the one you watch selling sunset and you're like, oh, I can't stand anybody on that show. Uh, you know, or uh, you know, uh, fixer upper, right? You could watch those different shows. You would, and you had to work with one realtor. You would be able to choose one because you're attracted to them. You're attracted to their personality. You like. You kind of say, "Oh, I'm pretty sure this person is the same way in real life." So that's why I would like to work with them. And that's what we're doing through video. Is we're having the content out there for people to find on their own. And that's the great thing about YouTube is people find it on their own. If it's you know if they're out there searching and then they choose to watch videos on their own. Then the great thing is is YouTube's going to promote your videos to them if they watch one of your videos and we know this to be true because we've all made the mistake of watching one stupid cat video and then all of a sudden all you get in your feed for the next month is cat videos on YouTube right so be careful about what you click on in YouTube and so that's the case if somebody clicks on your video then then uh, YouTube is likely going to serve them another one of your videos and another one. If they watch a second or a third video, it's probably game over at that point because YouTube's going to just feed them more and more of your content. Every time they lock in, log in, one of your videos will show up. And so what happens is they start to develop a relationship. The video, now the video, it will you on the video, does the work for you. It establishes the relationship. It builds the rapport. It creates the credibility. And that's the key component of all of this is that you're letting the video do the work for you versus what I used to do all on my own all the time. And every time, every single day I had to start over. And when those businesses came to a stop, I had to start over. And now the way we're positioned in our business right now is that I can travel, I can go to conferences, I can take time off, I can do what I need to do. Videos are still getting published. Uh, homes are still being sold. Everything's running functionally. And that's a big part of that is number one, my partner, Travis Plum. And number two, we have an amazing team behind us because I stopped saying, how do I do all this myself? And started saying, uh, who can help us with this? Who is the best person for the job? Because me doing, 10 things, uh, I'm gonna give about 10% effort to all those 10 things, right? So what can I focus on 100% that's going to give the best return to the business? And who can I put in a place that can give 100% to that part of the business that needs their attention and that we can grow from there? So ultimately, 
the point that I'm, I'm, I'm going to close up here, and then we're going to bring in a few of our guests. I see uh, Andrew in here. I see Seth, Lori, uh, and we've got our uh, client success manager, Christy, as well. I'm going to bring them into here so we can open up the dialogue and have a, a quick discussion about this, is that allow video to do the heavy lifting for you. And this is what I really want to make the point, is that since getting into real estate, we've been in a rejection-free business. We haven't been rejected by anybody. Now, maybe in the comments. I mean, sometimes the comments get a little interesting, right? But otherwise, I've never cold called, never door knocked, uh, never sent out a postcard, never uh, passed out my card in Starbucks. Now, nothing wrong with that at all whatsoever. I know that can be effective. But you have to ask yourself, is it the most efficient way to get business? But also, does it come with a lot of rejection? You know, And if you don't like rejection, then I think video is the best thing you can do for yourself and your business to, to have a rejection-free business because nobody has called us, as far as I know, nobody has called us and said, I absolutely hate you, uh, I don't wanna work with you. <laughs> you know, Or you know what, I was watching your videos the other day and I've just decided you're not the real estate agent for me. They've never said that. The people that call us want to do business with us. With us. They've already made the decision they wanna do the business with us. And so that cuts out all the selling right there. All we have to do is provide them the highest level of service possible and, and we've got them completely locked in. And that's the game changer right there. Let the videos do all the heavy lifting, all the hard work, all the prospecting. Think about this, I'll end on this stat and let's bring in some people, is that our channel last year was watched 66,600 hours. You divide that by 24 hours in a day, that's equivalent to 7.6 years. So even if I tried to prospect myself, the channel prospected for a 7.6 years in a one year time frame. I could never duplicate that. I could not even hire enough inside salespeople to make phone calls. I could never door knock enough. I could have an army of door knockers and I would probably never get that. Actually, we had over 9 million impressions to the channel last year. That means YouTube placed our videos in front of 9 million sets of eyeballs. How could we reach that many people any other way than video? And this year, through June now, we're almost already at the 66,000 watch hours that took us all last year to gain. So this year, we're, we're projecting to prospect, our channel's projecting to prospect for us almost 15 years worth in a one year time frame. That is a true compound effect. All right, so uh, hopefully that was uh, a lot of fun there. That, that made some sense. Uh, see, what's up, uh, uh, Andrew, what's up? How you doing? Where are you, uh, you're probably logging in there. You're gonna have to switch back to my camera. Okay, yeah, that just showed my screen. But uh, all good. What's up, Andrew? Are you able to come off a of mute? There you go. What's up? How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you doing today? Doing well, doing well. Uh, where are you? Uh, where are you calling from? St. Augustine, Florida. Oh, that's right. Good old St. Augustine, Florida. So, uh, yes. first of all, any thoughts get drummed up from that, or did you have any questions or anything that you're working on right now that you'd like to share? I do have a question for you, but as far as what you said goes, it's pretty self-explanatory. I, I work by referral, I, um, but I have to constantly keep calling. And yeah. what I've seen is the minute that stops, I'll get some sales, but they go way down. Yeah. So it's just constant, you know, all the time. But I can see what you're saying with the videos. They build up and they just keep doing it for you. 
Um, yeah, the that, only question I well, that no, that's a that's a really great point. Is that uh, that yeah? If you're making calls, let's say you call two hours a day, and you're very consistent on that, clearly that's a way to generate business. But the second you hang up that phone, the lead generation stops, right? And exactly. if, if you want to go on vacation or spend time with the family, then the lead generation stops. And this is what I will say here is that I believe video is the best thing you can do for your family and your spouse. If you've ever uh, gotten in, if you've ever gotten in trouble for not being present, right? Not being present on vacation or not being present on the weekends or not being present in the evenings because you're probably thinking about, oh, I'm not lead generating right now. Oh, I need to call this person. Oh, I need to do that. You know, a video, I believe, is mm -hmm. the best thing you can do for your, your friends, your family, uh, your kids, whatever it is that you might be struggling in your personal life because we feel very good to travel to go to conferences to you know take a day off on the weekend if we need to because the videos are always there working non-stop and so we don't have to be concerned about that but the question i have for you though is okay so you, you your videos are in front of potential buyers or agents whatnot um what websites do you use because most people just ask most agents that i've seen on youtube it's like hey call this number um but I've noticed that you've got something. It doesn't look like Calendly. It looks like something else. But you go through it, ask a few questions, and then they put in their info, and then you know. So that's how you get their information. Is that correct? Correct. Yep. So we so use. What, do you mind if I ask what website you use? Yeah. No, no, not at all. So that's a CRM we use uh, called High Level. Now we actually. Uh, we have a white label uh, pro uh, version of that to where we can offer that uh, to anybody that wants it. No requirement at all whatsoever, but just depends. If you have a current CRM, that should work, but but for that to build out, what I love about high level is high level is kind of an all-encompassing everything type of CRM. It's really kind of a model sure. of, of click funnels. It's, it's Calendly, it's MailChimp, it's uh, all these different systems that normally people have to piece all the stuff together is built into one. It's like pipeline, all, all these different um, aspects. So uh, for us, since you asked, uh, this was not planned, but yeah, I mean, if you go to uh, the real CRM, which is R-E-E-L, the real CRM.com, that's where we offer. We offer a demo. I think you get two weeks for free. It's only $97 a month. And we also upload in there, you know, if you go through our system, we include our triggers, campaigns, emails, the things that we use. You just have to change, you know, my name for your name. All right, let's see if we can get Lori in here. Hey, guys. Hey, what's up? Not much. Just hanging out. Go ahead. Did you have a question or comment or? Um, no, you know, so, um, so my husband Todd and I are doing this together. Mm -hmm. We have been MLOs for quite some time. He just got his realtor's license. Um, I'm getting my real estate license next week or the week after. Um, and we just thought that this would be a good shot, especially with loans down so much to, um, to possibly do a one-stop shop. Okay. Yep. I agree. So it's a little <laughs> bit different angle, but no one in our market seems to be doing that angle. So. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I missed, I uh, missed which market are you in? Sarasota. Okay, Sarasota. Yeah, so Florida. Yeah, and I think I think what we really work with on mainly with real estate agents really applies to uh, LOs as well because I think this is where most uh, mortgage officers, loan officers, 
typically go wrong because they have a lot of good information, which is great, but they typically start to educate people on the, you know, the escrow process, the title process, the appraisal process. And from what we've seen, uh, nobody has ever called us and asked us about that initially, right? They want to know about the area. They want to know about the schools. They want to know about um, you know, neighborhoods in this price range or that price range. So people are always researching first. People researching those types of, that type of information that most loan officers talk about usually is they're under contract with somebody else already, you know? And so you're, you're educating people right. on the back end versus capturing them in the research phase before they've even decided to hire an agent or a loan officer. And so that, I think everything that we talk about is really works best for mortgage officers. Not that you can't do it. And, and I know there's definitely some uh, loan officer channels I've seen out there, but they've also been well-established. They've been on the platform for several years. They've, it's taken them time to develop an audience. I believe um, kind of how we position videos and content, you know, positions you to generate business the quickest way possible. So we, we will do what you do. We will just do um, neighborhoods, general content, because otherwise everything has to go through my compliance department and we don't want to do any of that we just want to capture people moving down here and see if we can help real estate as well as um as getting a loan okay awesome well great to meet you and uh that was uh hopefully that was helpful so yeah all right great i'm gonna Thanks. yeah i'm gonna bring up uh let me see i'm gonna bring up uh andre if you're ready, hopefully you're ready, man. I, I'm catching you. I see you got some honey badger swag in the background. Yes, sir. What's up, man? How are you doing? I'm ready. <laughs> I'm all I'm all in, Levi. I'm all in. Awesome, yeah, man. Um, we're doing. We just started this. I just caught the end of uh, of your chat here. So I. So yeah, basically, I just started this. And I just grabbed the, the last part of your conversation. I did uh, send Chrissy my first uh, rough videos this morning. Uh, had to learn how to put them on Google Drive. That's how old I am, I guess. Um, then we're trying to get uh, going on video two today. Awesome. Awesome. Yep. I'll take a look at that and let you know. Yeah, no real questions. Just excited to get going and trying to get all the ins and outs of it. Awesome. Well, let us know. Uh, and and, and a, an, another person from Florida, Tampa, Florida. Oh, all right. Man, we're going to have... Video. We're going to have all of Florida covered at, at the end of this call. So, yep. <laughs> well, cool. All right. Well, so is it Andres or Andre? Andres. Andres. All right. Andres. Well, let us know if you need any, uh, if you have any questions. And also, we're bringing on a video manager, a new video manager. Actually, Chrissy's been our video manager, but she's also been our manager of pretty much everything else in our business as well. So, uh, we're, we're going to give her a little relief, uh, bring on a specific video manager as well. So, looking forward to that to help, you know, make sure that we get all the the video editing and everything dialed in for everyone that's utilizing that. So we appreciate you and keep us up to date. You know, we want to know the first time you get that first call, the first time you get, you know, the first showing and especially when you get the first contract, you know, that's always going to be exciting. And so just stay consistent. Yeah. Stay consistent and, uh, you know, follow the process and, and it'll work for you. And you're one in one of the top relocation markets in the country. So you'll be able to capture those people. Excited about it. And I do have one question. Do you guys, can you guys grab any part of 
that video that we're sending in to do reels or do you guys even do reels or if I wanted to get going with that as well? We do have a uh, short uh, service in beta right now. Uh, so we do have it's an add-on service. It's not something that's included in just the basic video editing, but yes, we do have an add-on service for that. Okay, so I'll get with you after that. Yeah, after sounds, sounds good. good. Thank you guys. All right, thank you, Andres. Talk soon. Jim asked, I'd love to ask about average view duration if there's a time. So what we always say is that uh, a video is as long as it needs to be, right? So, you know, you want to have the video uh, be as long as you need to provide the information that's necessary, but don't over talk it as well. So, and don't worry about ending at specific times. So if your video is nine minutes and 37 seconds, just end it at nine minutes and 37 seconds. Don't try to drag it out to 10 or 12 or 13 minutes, but if it's 25 minutes, you know, hopefully that's chock full of valuable information will hold the viewer's attention and you should be fine. You know, I think for us, we typically fall between the 15 to 25 minute average range, you know, and the, the thing is, is that a lot of people also wonder how can they talk for 15 or 20 or 25 minutes. And what it comes down to is that uh, you're not, you don't have to, you're really a 15 minute video can be five, three minute videos that is just edited together. So if you understand transitions and as you go through the process and do this more efficiently, you're gonna understand transition. So if you need to talk for three minutes, which hopefully any real estate agent can talk about any subject of their city or neighborhood uh, proficiently for three minutes, just understand to have a beginning and an end point, not like ending the video, but a transition so that the editor can have a clean cut and then bring in the new clip. So, you know, for me, if I'm out in a neighborhood, and you probably see this, you'll see whenever we cut from whenever I'm talking to driving footage or when I come back, you know, from the driving footage or something else, I usually start out with uh, or I end with, okay, let's, uh, let's, I'll drive you around this neighborhood so you can get a better idea and then let's go check out the next house. And that's it, I stop because that's a clean cut. It'll cut into driving footage. And then whenever that I start at the next stop, I'm like, okay, so we're here at our next stop. You know, something just that simple gives each of those videos uh, a beginning and an end in itself. And, and the cool thing is, is that that three minutes could be a video on its own. You could actually chop up that three minutes into three different reels on top of that if you kind of have some good points to, to go back and forth on that. So that's something else to keep in mind. So always, always uh, think about that. Give the information that is needed and but don't over talk it just provide value and then also you don't have to talk for 15 minutes straight but understand your beginning and ending of a clip so that you can have an easy transition into the next one so uh let me see uh let's see so jim okay are you answering this in the chat already chrissy or <laughs> Nope, I haven't uh, answered that, that one yet. He was wondering what percentage of our view, videos are viewed as far as just our average view duration on our videos. Um, oh, our average view. Okay, well, I completely misread that. <laughs> so, uh, But it was a good answer. So I, I, I misunderstood the question too. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we're typically we're typically between uh, 30 to 50 percent. So it just depends on the video. You know, it's between 30 to 50 percent. Clearly, the higher, the better. But also, I think 
you know, I'm okay with people jumping off. You know, they say, you know, you, you see in the analytics, like there's a huge drop off usually within 30 seconds. I mean, YouTube tracks this because number one, it doesn't count as a view unless it's been viewed at least 30 seconds on YouTube. Now, if people jump off for that, that's why I start out a lot of videos the same way, you know, so you're thinking about moving to Frisco, Texas, Plano, Texas. I mean, if somebody's not thinking about moving to that area, I'm okay with them jumping off. And if they jump off within uh, a minute or so, uh, because that's not the content for them, I'm kind of okay with that because if they're not looking to move to Frisco and maybe they want to move into Plano, you know, hopefully they go find the other Plano videos or maybe YouTube recommends it to them. And that's really the key thing. Or if somebody's not in the market at all whatsoever and they just stumbled across this video and they're like, well, how did I come across this? And they click on it and they're like, that's not my audience or I'm not looking to do that. I'll never move to Texas. I'm okay with them jumping off. So, you know, a lot of those things uh, come into play and the, uh, you know, so the average view duration is uh, clearly uh, key because that is one of the biggest metrics of YouTube is they how they plan to recommend your other content or at least other videos based on how long people watch your current videos. So yeah, we, we typically range between 30 to 50%. Uh, There's one other question towards the top. Juan okay. had a picture, um, or not a picture, a question <laughs> at the top asking what kind of content would you recommend if you're targeting motivated seller leads this is one of my favorite questions okay so i can bring up if people are in the comments so if you're on the live stream uh and if you're in the comments i can bring up your comments i guess i can't bring up the private chat so i'm not sure where people are doing that uh but let me see okay uh what was that say that again real quick chrissy uh, yeah, so Juan was asking, uh, what kind of content would you recommend if you're targeting motivated seller leads? Well, uh, I have a well, I have a whole theory behind that. Actually, we're going to be putting a new module in our course, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna save even. I give a lot of information away for free. That's something that I'm still testing out. Although we just posted a listing video on our channel last week. And you'll see it's been the fastest growing video we've ever had. I mean, it's already broken uh, 31 to 32,000 views in the first week. I mean, it, it literally went straight up. And we, I hadn't seen that type of views come out of any of our videos. We're usually pretty steady Eddie. Now, we had some back in November, December that also took off, but it wasn't like a straight, when you look at the analytics, it was like a, a straight rocket ship. So you can see here, I mean, look at this, our average <laughs> view duration or views, you know, 3,400 per day, you know, you can see pretty steady Eddie. And then all of a sudden, uh, 17,900 views in, in one day. And then you look at subscribers. I mean, we had a huge subscriber day that day, but you can go back and look at uh, content and you can see the video that did that you know, this uh, $3.8 million listing video. You can see here the huge jump. This was pretty much straight up. It's starting to level out a little bit more, but you're still talking about, I mean, 140, 120 views an hour right now. I mean, but just, I mean, this was not even, not less than 10 days ago, brought us an extra 137, or 137 subscribers, 31.1 thousand views. And, you know, this is the type of content if you want, uh, now you say motivated sellers, I think um, creating content uh, like this, where you have 
a videographer where you have uh, you can create that video in an in an evergreen uh, type of format. And so uh, we're going to get into that. We're going to include a module on the course about that. We also just released this one, our second one as well. It's doing. Let's see here. It's starting to tick up again right now. So the first one, really, all those views, um, the first that McKinney property really happened about six days in. So it did started to do well, but then uh, after six days is whenever it really took off. This one started out better than usual, and now you can see it's starting to hit a little um, a little uptick. Uh, not that much, but you can kind of see a little bit of a, a hockey stick starting to form right now. And I would guess probably here, I mean, this is only what, two days old, this video, but already over a thousand views in two days. And, you know, we could see that jump uh, probably by this weekend, which is what happened on, um, on the last one. So, so therefore, let me see, bring me up. All right, I think I'm getting the hang of this thing right now. I just need a better internet connection, right? So hopefully that was that was kind of cool for people to see there. All right, well, Jim ju uh, jumped on, so let's bring him up and we can probably close out after that if uh, if he wants to join us. What you, what you up to, Jim? Hey, what's going on? Love, lovely background I've got here upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it looks like you're definitely in the, ad, ad, the, the, the extra space, right? Yep, yep. We call him a frog here in Charleston. Gotcha. Finish room over garage. Well, cool. So uh, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, so, thanks for answering about situation. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, I appreciate that because uh, I wasn't sure if I was doing something massively wrong with what I've got. It's just kind of a lower average on a real estate video because I know for the creators along the lines of Mr. Beast or Ryan Trahan or whatever, they're looking for 60 to 70% like dang i don't know what i'm doing wrong here but i'm hovering right around 50 so i guess i guess that's not so bad because you guys are obviously turning a lot of business with 30 to 50 percent there mm -hmm. yeah and then also it's going to go down with the increased views as well and that's what i've learned especially like when you have the video like the mckinney listing video you know go to thirty thousand views in one week the average view duration is, uh, you know, it's down there, but a lot of the videos that we've had take off have not had the highest view durations. It's just, it's just uh, YouTube has picked them up for whatever reason. And when they push that out to a lot of people, I believe that's not necessarily always hitting your exact target audience, which I believe also brings the, the view duration down because if somebody's not interested or they click on it or, uh, you know, they jump away, that's going to bring it down. But ultimately, you think about Mr. Beast. I mean, if you watch one of his videos, the reason they capture, I believe, so much uh, attention is watch how much they pattern interrupt, how much they jump cut. I mean, if you watch a Mr. Beast video, it's probably every, almost every two seconds, they're cutting to a new frame. They are, uh, something's happening. It's changing camera angles. It's cutting to a new frame. Yeah. If you... If you watch, uh, which I did this only for research, I, I watched uh, Selling Sunset, you know, only for research purposes. And if you watch Selling Sunset on Netflix, what, what I counted, I, I'm pretty sure what I counted was they do a frame change almost every two seconds. Think about that. So if that's a 25, or are those, are the episodes 50 minutes? The episodes might be 50 minutes, but literally, even if it's one person talking, they have three to five camera angles, you know, for that one person. 
And so even if they're going to talk for a full minute, they're going to have 30 different frame changes within that one minute, you know, uh, of talking. So they'll just switch, you know, from all these different angles. And then it's, they're, they're going to show expressions of somebody else like nodding or, mm, or I know that I know I can tell you're lying, you know, so they, they're always switching off literally every two seconds. So uh, I know I don't want to pain anybody to do this, but go watch a real estate show, watch Selling Sunset or Million Dollar Listing and count the frame changes. Whenever I say frame changes, that's angle changes, people talking, expressions. Yep. It's just anytime you see boom, boom, you know, flip. And that's, you know, if you look at Mr. Beast, he's like boom, 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 boom. Uh, me, I don't know. We haven't, we haven't graduated to that just yet. Medium. Yeah. 90 days for you to get your first client. Is that correct? Under contract. Yeah. Okay. Under contract. Well, we got the first call at 30 days. So first phone call at 30 days. Right. All right. Thanks for all you do. All right. Thank you, Jim. All right. So we'll, uh, I think Chrissy, I don't know. I'm going to say that was semi-successful. I think definitely we're going to work on our, um, our internet connection here at the office, uh, not the best apparently. So, uh, although now all of a sudden I'm getting full bars, <laughs> full bars now, full signal as soon as we get ready to, to wrap it up. <laughs> that's, that's the luck. All right. So, hey, we got some stuff to work on, but thank you all. You know, hopefully if you found this helpful, please comment below. Let us know, you know, give us a thumbs up, you know, comment, say thank you, helpful. Anything to just provide some feedback uh, for those that came on this stream, we only posted that link in our private Facebook group uh, because we provide them exclusive access to this. So, you know, being a part of that group, then then uh, that's, how, that's how they got the link here. So don't want to publish that on YouTube just yet, right? Um, but anyways, thank you for joining us today. Chrissy, thanks for helping out. And uh, we'll get our internet fixed by next week, but we will be right back here next Wednesday, 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. So until next time. See you then. Thank you for joining us on today's podcast. If you're interested in partnering with us to access our YouTube course and coaching all for free, schedule a call at 5starstrategycall.com.